Welcome back to the Work Mija podcast, the podcast where mujeres empower mujeres. I am your host, Sochi Carmona. Today, I'm joined by Denise Foley. Denise is the owner and mompreneur of Sunset Vibes Swimwear. Sunset Vibes Swimwear is on a mission to empower women to feel their absolute best in a swimsuit instead of self-conscious. Denise spent 16 years in the corporate world, but always had the dream of starting her own swimwear line. In 2019, she took the leap and spent two years in product testing and developing the perfect fitting swimsuit. Today, she leverages her corporate acumen to being a game-changing swimsuit to the market and help women embrace their bodies, one swimsuit at a time. I'm excited to have Denise here on the podcast today because she is another amiga that I have met and also a recipient of the Crush Dreams Fund program, which is a $5,000 grant for our businesses. And we're both undergoing the iPhone Women Crowdfunding Accelerator program as part of the spring 2022 cohort. Both of our campaigns are now live, and I can't wait to learn more about Denise's experiences from applying and now launching her crowdfunding campaign. So until further ado, I would like to welcome Denise. Yay. <laughs> thank you for having me. And thank you so much for the introduction. And um, my son just finished his lunch, so he might require my attention. So I'm sorry if I have to multitask. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. So thank you so much. Yes, of course. And you know, we know mompreneur life. So who knows, maybe her son will give us a little sneak peek into that little snack. Yeah, snack. I'm literally <laughs> feeding him with one hand as we talk. So Yep. <laughs> I mean, he might make, you know, a nice little introduction here too, but <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Denise. And as we like to do here on the Work Miha podcast, we like to get a little astrological and really get to know our guests um, from that viewpoint. I like to know the makeup of our entrepreneurs here. So Denise was kind enough to share what we call our top three. So her sun sign, which is our birthdays, most of us know your identity and where you shine. She is a Sagittarius sun, a vibe with my Sagittarius sons. I'm a Sag rising. So I was like, okay, I see it. I see it. Um, <laughs> our Sagittarius sons are definitely of the optimistic people, lovers of freedom, hilarious, fair-minded, honest, and intellectual people. Moon sign, your body and your emotions. She is a Ooh, Scorpio moon. Scorpio moons are the most intense moons, gotta say. So they can sometimes maybe have a sense of mystery. They're very captivating and powerful people. They are passionate and creative, but will be secretive about their emotions and ambitions. Maybe to crack open those feelings, you know, might need a little bit of extra work. Fun fact, JLo is a Scorpio moon in case we didn't know. <laughs> So basically just like JLo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At rising sign, also maybe another Scorpio rising here. We actually had our previous guest from the cohort, Bethany Peak of Top Coat. She is also Scorpio rising. So these people are definitely magnetic, captivating personality daring, energetic, and determined people. It's funny. I will definitely say like, I can definitely get your Sagittarius sun vibes. And then even I feel like, I don't know, maybe if to begin with, I, it's a little bit more of the quieter Scorpio or what did you kind of like, did you vibe? Did you kind of feel any of these placements? Yeah, I think um, I'm definitely very intense. And now that I'm in this part of my life where I have a business and I have my son and like all my other obligations when I'm working with new partners or new vendors, if we're talking in the morning when I'm highly caffeinated, which I love coffee and I love feeling like up, I will literally take a pause and just like, 
I hope I don't seem too intense to you, but this is just my personality and it's how I come across. So just a heads up. So you know what to expect. Um, and then I don't, yeah, I think a lot of the things that you said are actually pretty accurate. I'm for sure a very strong Sagittarius and I do have a lot of those traits. And then yeah, with the Scorpio things, I don't know if I'm mysterious, but that's because I don't see me as being mysterious, but I could see other people who don't know me that well thinking that. And I do like when I'm working on things, I do kind of like to keep them close to my chest before they mm-hmm. come to fruition. And I think that's also a little bit of my Latin American culture is my aunt would say, eat mal de ojo from other people. Yes. So, so it's just kind of, <laughs> kind of grew up with that so I can't help it <laughs> right or just you don't want to like jinx yourself it's like I'm not yeah. gonna say it until or in case yeah. it doesn't work out yep yeah. <laughs> nice nice well thanks for um giving us a peek into that and we'll see if we'll see any of these placements throughout this conversation but for anyone here on the work me audience who doesn't know about sunset vibes and Denise can you tell us a little bit about yourself and this business journey like what was that moment like being in the corporate world for 16 years to starting a business for yourself, that huge shift? Yeah. So there were a lot of things that really led up to it, but my big aha moment there, it was actually, I think, placed close to each other from the universe. So I could probably receive the message, but my husband and I went on a trip to Cuba in 2019 with this group called Daybreaker. And it was for a cultural and musical immersion experience. It was insanely awesome. And before the trip, I wanted to, I had a lot of summer because I live by the beach, but I wanted to just splurge on like a fun, special bikini. And I've always been a D-cut my entire life. Um, I'm first generation Brazilian Peruvian. So I have a very curvy body and uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm usually like a size 10, 12, which is not that rare. And I spent two months looking online for a bikini I would love, and I could not find anything. Um, and so as on the last minute, I ordered some pieces from Mara Hoffman, which Mara Hoffman's a great company and they have a great ethos. But when they came in the mail, I did not like the colors. They were like mustard and burgundy mm. striped with polka dots and the pieces covered, but they offered no support. Mm. And so for years, I had this dream of starting a swimwear line and I always had had a hard time finding a swimsuit that fit. So when that happened in my head, I was just like, if one of the biggest brands in the swimwear industry isn't even making something that I like, and if I had to look online for six weeks and couldn't find anything, that's a problem. And there's definitely an opportunity for me to go after my dream. So that was one of the aha moments. Then on this cultural trip in Cuba, um, it happened to be with a lot of entrepreneurs. And it was was just really unique because when we began the trip, it was set with a positive intention, but we were also asked to let go of things that weren't serving us. And one of the things that wasn't serving me was the stress that I had from my corporate job. And I know that Sebastian is making an appreciate on the working Hub podcast mompreneur in action <laughs> so um and I know that it's normal to have stress from a job but like mine was just really bad and it had been years of this and I was with all these other entrepreneurs and I just kind of thought you know these people are all living their mission I know it's not easy but if they can do it I should be able to do it that's actually the naivete that you have before starting a business where you're like other people are doing it I can do it too but um when we came back from this trip 
I started working on what became Sunset Vibes as a side hustle. So I would dedicate a few hours on the weekend. I'd work after work. And I literally started by YouTubing how to start a bikini line. I had a friend that, which is so random, we met um, Sophia Amoruso through mm-hmm. Nasty, through Girl Boss, used to do this really cool conference in Los Angeles. And her and I met there, my friend. And she was looking for help with her pitch deck and I was in corporate then. And I was like, I'm awesome at pitching. Um, let's meet and I'll totally help you out. But then when we had our first meeting and when I was thinking of sunset vibes, she had owned a clothing line in the past. Mm -hmm. So she helped me go to the fashion district and kind of get my feet wet with starting the business, um, which that was its own long process, but that was the factors that pushed me to start Sunset Vibes, not being able to find something that fit me well, realizing that my body type was completely underrepresented in the swimmer industry and wanting to find a solution for all these women who I'm sure felt like me. It's like when you put on a bathing suit or bikini bottoms, you don't want it squeezing in your hips and you don't Mm -hmm. want to feel self-conscious when you're showing your skin. So I set out to change that. Nice. Yes. Much needed because I too am a size D woman and curvy Latina. And I get it. Like I, you know, you think like, oh, okay, great prices. Maybe at like Target or just like any like store that sells like bikinis, but it definitely comes down to it's like, okay, does it technically fit? Do they technically have my size? Yes. Does it flatter my body? No. Yeah. Or is it comfortable? Yes. Is it comfortable? Does it hold the girls up appropriately? Are we flip flapping everywhere? Yeah. (laughs) So yes, I love that, you know, you saw this problem. You're like, I am going to do something about it. I am my own customer and there's other hundreds of thousands of women also (laughs) wondering about this. But then uh, I love that moment when you said like, you know, they're doing it. Why not? I can too. That's what I thought too. And, you know, you forgot to ask, but how's it going? What all does that entail? (laughs) But it's probably best that you don't ask. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. And you said it took you two years from idea, conception, the process of finally kind of launching that line. Yeah. So this was in 2019 and now finally launching in 2021. That Did you know that? Did you know that this is going to take that long? Did you mentally tell yourself, give it two years? Like, did you have background in fashion design? Like, how did you go about this whole part? Like, what were you all doing? Okay. So to all your questions, hell no, I did not know. (laughs) It wasn't just a no. I was honestly so naive. Um, I didn't think it would be easy. I knew it would be a process, but, and I had no experience in fashion, but the one thing I did have that is kind of powerful is my mom is a pattern maker. Mm -hmm. So in fashion, a pattern maker is basically like the architect and Mm -hmm. they create the blueprint and She's very talented. She's been working since the 70s in fashion. She did Beyonce's homecoming collection. And she works with like all these designers um, that do celebrities. So I had her helping me a little bit, but I still had to vet everything out on my own. And Mm -hmm. another thing about fashion, in any other industry, if you're someone paying someone else for a service, the person you're paying is usually like, you're my customer, let me treat you well. Do you like our partnership? Fashion's not like that. When you're a startup, people could care less about you. It's almost that you're lucky if they're willing to help you and take your business. So that was a really hard learning curve for me because I was in um, global partnerships for 16 years. 
And I prided myself on treating my clients, no matter how big or how small, mm-hmm. with the best. So when I was in the position of being the paying client and I was basically treated like, you know what, mm-hmm. that was a huge game changer. Um, but I learned that I could not take that personally. It honestly is just how the business is. And I think it was a great lesson for me to take my emotions out of the business, but um, think of things objectively as what is going to help me get to my goal. Um, But, and yeah, I had no idea it would take so long. Like we, I had to fire five different manufacturing partners because of quality control issues. And we are a luxury and sustainable high quality line. So I have to stand behind my product. And um, when they would make mistakes on the manufacturing run, they wouldn't try to fix it. They would kind of just put it on you and so all of these things were a big, huge learning curve and is one of the reasons why we took so long to launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's annoying. <laughs> like, is there such a thing as a customer service friendly, like manufacturer in fashion or just hope to find yeah, a match? <laughs> I think there is, but um, also like, I think what a lot of people don't know is that there's so many elements of the fashion industry that are so, so old school. Like Mm. I know this one girl that the designer she works with only uses a fax machine. (laughs) Oh God. You know, I mean, and then, um, and then like the manufacturer we have now, they are awesome. And like, they really value the partnership. But even then when we did our last production run, there was a little um, mistake in a lot of the pieces, but they went back and fixed it and we're happy to fix it. So, you know, it's like, I think you kind of have to do the due diligence of finding those partners that, value your partnership and will help Mm -hmm. take care of you as you're growing. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's going to take time. It's going to take some no's. It's going to take some trial and errors and enter two years. (laughs) You know, it's time consuming. That's crazy. And so, um, for like your like first launch, was this one bikini? Was it multiple styles? Like, did you know you want to do multiple, but maybe how many, how did it look like? Yeah, that's actually a really great question. So we had uh, three tops and two bottoms. And we also fit tested on a lot of different body Mm -hmm. types, which is one of the reasons why it took so long to develop everything. And then, so keep just like, keep in mind, it took me two years to get all this done. And then finally, when I went out and started selling it, the buyers were like, you need a lot more pieces. Your collection's too small. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) how am I going to do this? But you also have to listen to what the market says and respond to it. So, you know, I just took it step by step. um, And I started leveraging my mom more. I was working with developers to help me create the product, but um, my mom and I found a really good groove. So it's nice having her help me because I can just give her my idea. Mm -hmm. She makes the pattern, we have the sample made, and then we edit it from there. That's awesome. So it's a nice little gift or something in the universe to be able to, you know, have your mom as that person. And that kind of gets to my next question. Like a lot of us, a lot of times we feel like because we didn't go to business school, you know, or any sort of like a business certifications or anything, like we can start our own business, which is not true. So for you, you know, you kind of have like this hidden little gem of your mom, but for you personally, like what are some skills you felt that have helped you navigate entrepreneurship? I think uh, knowing how to manage partnerships and asking for what I want is really important. Um, With, from the career that I had, I was good with strategy. So Mm -hmm. just 
coming out with plans. And I think that one of my strongest skill sets is pitching and knowing how to present the company and also networking with people um, and just not being afraid to ask for help when I need it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a big one. A lot of us ladies suffer from hyper independency, <laughs> myself speaking. So that that can be a harder one, you know, for most, you know, even depending, I feel like a lot of it might even have to do maybe like your own upbringing or like our own backgrounds too, um, asking for help, but it makes the biggest difference because you shouldn't have to do everything yourself or at the end of the day, you have to remember, like you are the CEO, you are the owner, like you need to be thinking big picture, like what can you, you know, offload to someone else? Yeah, I agree with that. And one of the things that I'm uh, facing as like a huge challenge right now too, is finding the right people to help me and come on board because there have been um, like vendors or partners that they overcommit and Mm. over over promise what they can actually do. So it's also hard to be in a position where it's like, you're not doing this right. Um, And I always try to be really, I know like pretty quickly. So um, I'll usually say something like we don't have budget or whatever, because it, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like hit or miss with finding the right people. Mm -hmm. Hiring can be, it's like, it's all another beast. You know, can you hire? Can you manage? (laughs) You know, what you said though reminds me too, and one of the calls that we had with our uh, cohort, I remember there were a lot of women that with the crowdfund were, I think, kind of embarrassed that they were going to be asking for support. Mm. Not embarrassed, but something along those lines. And I realized like, you know, so many people have founded their businesses and gotten funding on Kickstarter Mm. and all Mm -hmm. these things, and they've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they had no problem asking for that. And yep. even with my mom and my dad, who are from Latin America, um, when I was telling them about this program, they were like, oh, I thought you wanted something different or we're not going to ask our friends to give you money. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. This is a way that businesses actually do get funding. It's a really big opportunity. But then after the campaign page was built out and I sent it to them, they were like, whoa, okay. And they were really excited about it. So it's, it's just a different perspective that I really think culturally mm-hmm. that those that are not from America or like um, minorities, they see it as like asking for money from like a scarcity point of view. Mm-hmm. Where, I don't know, wealthy people always do fundraisers and they yep. raise millions of dollars and they have no problem asking their friends for money. So, yeah, but even though I say that, I like, I've kind of battled with that insecurity. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I think that's something that I kind of like having this cohort, which is women of color, while some of us are Latina, some of us are Black, some of us are Asian, you know, different cultures, but being, you know, a BIPOC-owned business, like, we have very much a lot of similarities, and that's something, you know, that kind of came up. It was a the fear of the ask. It was, you know, being afraid and, you know, just kind of talking about it and like exactly how you mentioned, I think I forgot who I was talking about, but exactly people doing Kickstarter. Oh, I was watching Shark Tank. You know, you probably love it too, (laughs) but you know, a lot of businesses are like, yeah, we started on Kickstarter. Like it's nothing like, you know, just a matter of fact, that's just what we did. We did this Kickstarter campaign and it's like, why am I so afraid to ask? Because it is that what, 
our upbringing or like what we've been taught or even like I just remember being little and my mom always being like you know if you go to someone's house you know a lot of Latinos their thing is to offer you food offer you this and you know for us my mom's like don't ever ask like don't ask I was was like no I'm good you know yeah (laughs) I'm fine I remember when I was in college I went to Oregon State University where a lot of white people but it was like a great experience Whenever people would come over to my house, I'd be like, do you want something to drink? Are you hungry? And I remember like sometimes people would think it was so weird, but it's just, it was a cultural difference, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) because like I come from a a Latin family too. So that's anytime you go over anywhere, they want to make sure you don't need food. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. Or the other way where I'm kind of like, I was like phrasing it. I was like, right now there's a lot of like politicians doing their campaigns, asking for money. Ain't no shame. And they're asking a game. Like a lot of these are like the aldermen or people. I was like, who yeah. are you? Now you're showing up in my train steps. Where you been? You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, you're, what are you doing for the community? Oh, but you need the money now. You know what? I was like, here's the thing that we have. We've been in our communities. We've been interacting with the people, with our customers, with our clients. So, and I get it. I say this. But I have to convince myself, just send a text, just send. And you know what? It's a yes. Maybe it's a no. You're going to get a lot of no's. Yeah. And that's okay. (laughs) So, but I also love how you said, um, having created the campaigns, because that, that just kind of tells everything kind of breaks it down for people. So for me, you know, if I'm asking friends or family, I know not everybody has a lot to contribute. I'm like, Hey, every contribution matters, but I understand everybody's financial circumstances is different too. So if you can't contribute, if you can't contribute what you would like to, can you share the power in sharing the information, the power in sharing that campaign is almost as strong. You know, my stepmom, I didn't know she even sent it to, like I mentioned it. I was like, Oh, you know, if you know of any friends, you know, who especially like support my business or maybe haven't and don't know about it. And one of her friends donated. I was like, wow, thank you so much. That's awesome. That's amazing. For sure. So I'm glad, you know, your parents were like, oh, okay, this is what you're doing. Or maybe it's just the education aspect of it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so like with that, you know, you're kind of starting this business. Now you're in this next phase, but in general, starting a business, putting a plan together and hitting that lunch button, that's one hurdle growing your business, marketing it, gaining visibility to the right audience is another hurdle can sometimes even feel like more difficult because it's like, okay, we started this. Now what? Let's grow. We need sales. (laughs) Like, how did you go about getting the word out about Sunset Vibes Swimwear? And how did you like garner sales? So I'm actually in the process of scaling up to the second phase of visibility. So it's all of the things you just said are literally all of my milestones and my path. So it was like, you launched the business, you've worked so hard. You're like, okay, this is awesome. And then you realize a holy SHIT. There's like this other massive amount of work I have to do. It's not going to be, or not that I ever thought it was easy, but it's going to be a lot harder than I thought. So you kind of have to like buckle up your bootstraps again, get them even higher and stronger and go into that next path. And what I did uh, for my first efforts is I attended a couple of trade shows, industry Mm. shows, and it was a great way to start getting visibility. I got a few orders on the trade show floors, which was awesome. But then what happened, and this is where I'm at right now, is I'm going to the next trade show. It's called Swim Show. It's during Miami Swim Week in July in Miami. And then we had the cohort that we've been doing. And then I have like three huge other things. And 
it's been really challenging to just try to do it all because the cohort has literally taken all my time. And mm-hmm. now that we've launched, I can find, I haven't even started my network outreach. So just yeah. ahead of that, I'm starting that. Um, this oh, week. you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, it's hard because I feel like the business is at this point where it's too much for me to do by myself. And we do have sales but we've invested so much. And so even though we have sales, it's not like we have all this extra money, all the money Mm -hmm. has to go back into marketing and hiring people. So, um, now I'm in the process of trying to find a couple of people to help me. I have one person who's helping me that I'm stoked about and one more coming on board. And now, um, it's literally just putting the pedal to the metal and working nonstop because I have this trade show to go to. So I'm hoping at the trade show, I will have more exposure and start taking orders. And the reason why I hired one of the people to work with me is to help uh, help keep up with sales. So mm. I have a few wholesale accounts and they're so amazing and so nice to work with, but it's a lot of work to make sure you're managing it well and that mm-hmm. you the customer always has to feel happy and, um, and everything's fine so far, but I just need help. So I'm, yeah basically just taking it one step at a time and trying to find the right people to help me get the word out there. Yes. Having the right team. And we all want sales. We all want to continue to grow those sales because it would be nice to be able to pay yourself and (laughs) pay yourself well, pay yourself in a way where, because a lot of it, it's like, you know, taking this from part-time to even full-time to be able to sustain yourself doing it full-time because it makes a difference, you know, being in there, but, and also being able to pay people to help you expand even more. And capital is a big part of helping growing your business. And there's several ways to get capital for your business, whether it's bank loans, venture capital, but those can come with either those high interest rates, or you have to give a portion of your business, your blood, sweat, and tears to an investor. And, you know, so you applied for the Crush Dreams Fund. Congratulations on being a fellow recipient of the Crush Dreams Fund program in collaboration with iFundWomen. So, for anyone who is not aware, if you are a business owner, pay attention and follow iPhone Women on Instagram. This is a program, so it comes with a $5,000 grant slash a contribution to your crowdfunding campaign. And the crowdfunding accelerator program is what's prepping us to even know how to go about prepping for a successful crowdfunding campaign because half, 90% of the stuff, I don't know how I would have gone about it on my own. I don't think I would have been like, eh, crowdfund, you know? So with an option like crowdfunding, you maintain 100% ownership of your business and or you don't go into crippling debt to grow your business. And so how did you find out about the Crush Dream Fund and what were your thoughts when applying? So I found out about it because I'm on the iPhone Women of, I forget if it's iPhone Women or iPhone Women of Color. I'm pretty sure it's iPhone Women of Color's email list. And every week they send out an email with the new grants and programs available to help with capital. So I... I usually look at that every week and like go through to see which ones I qualify for. And if there is one I qualify for, I'll make, I have a list of grants that I applied for. So that Mm -hmm. was on the list. And so I applied for it. But then when I got the email, it was amazing because it was during a week. I wasn't having a bad week or anything, but when you're an entrepreneur, you definitely have these days where when you're in the process of growing the company, when you're like, what am I doing? This is hard. Yes. Go work out because I feel depressed. Like, yes. Was, For the anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I was having like a day like that, maybe like a three day period. And 
when I got the email, it totally just gave me this validation and strength yeah. that I needed. So it was a really exciting moment. And I don't know, over 2,500 people applied. So that's a pretty big deal. It's less than a 0.01% chance of making it, I think so. Oh, you did the math. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yes. I feel like that was for me too. It was one of those where it's like, it's hard. Like when you're being, you're an entrepreneur, you're a solopreneur, you know, you're doing all these things. And a lot of the times, you know, it takes, it takes time. It takes time to build up, to build up. And especially like, if you're like, even something like social media, it isn't uh, instant gratification. That's what like yeah. business ownership, it's not instant gratification. You need to build that audience, build that momentum in between you're waiting <laughs> for that yeah. to get built. You're just wondering, I was like, what am I doing? Am I doing enough? Am I doing anything? And so for something in the email, finally that comes like that. Like I bet you're like, okay, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. And I love the fact that this accelerator program is for uh, women and business owners of color. Like, I feel like I can relate to kind of everyone's experiences and even like thoughts and feelings of the, you know, process of each step of this crowdfunding campaign. Like we were saying, you know, like that fear of the ask. I was like, okay, it's not just me. Um, you know, and just kind of talking about it amongst each other. What is it? What can we do? So it feels like I've gained like a network of new business friends, which is an yeah. important type of support system to have. Um, and I know you mentioned, you know, a talent of yours was, you know, your, your networking and your pitching. So can you talk a little bit about your like strategy of leveraging your network to crowdfund and what like that entails? Yeah. So we are, I have reached out to a few of my friends and whatnot to let them know that this is coming, but I still haven't, um, I have to reach out to all the people in my Facebook and the company social profiles. But I think what we did was between my husband and I, we are friends with people that just have really strong reach. So we reached out to them to see if they'd be open to helping promote our cause. And um, I'm planning on asking all of them to share next week. So I'm hoping that that will help my network because one of my challenges I've had as a business owner, I'm very, very bad with social media. It's not like I, I don't get how Instagram works or TikTok. Like I, I, that stuff's easy for me. I'm just not one who likes to post. And mm. it's hard because I think in today's world, if you're an entrepreneur and you're not a billionaire and you're trying to launch a business, you do have to be the face of the brand. And mm -hmm. there's so many different versions of yourself that have to be out there and that's been hard for me so I have I don't have the biggest social profiles um is so it the really Scorpio placements <laughs> you know what it totally is oh my god yes all the Scorpio placement entrepreneurs yeah. are always like low-key about their social media yeah. like, you don't need to know you you only need to know this <laughs> yeah like I like I would prefer not to be on social media. And so yeah, just trying to leverage our network to help us where they can. And, you know, I actually wanted to ask you, because there was something that you said earlier, but in your journey of being an entrepreneur and a woman of color, do you feel like you've faced any hardships along the way because you're a woman of color? And I'm only asking this because I filled something out where that was the question. And I had to think about it. And for me, I was like, you know, today there's so many programs for women mm -hmm. like us that are trying to elevate us. And I think that my perspective is maybe anchored in that because I'm trying to apply for all like the questions fund. I'm trying to apply for all the but where I felt the most hardship 
from being a woman of color was in the corporate world. And I don't mm. say this in like a victimized way, but there's just little things like one time this person who had never ever met me asked one of my colleagues um, if I had an attitude because I seemed kind of spicy. Mm. Just, and it's like, okay, would you be asking that if I didn't have this skin color and my hair is pulled back now, but I have really big hair. So mm-hmm. would you be asking this? So I was just curious if you ever have like experienced any challenges being a woman of color entrepreneur? I feel like I have luckily kind of put myself in spaces, not really, because I feel like my first job out of college, that one was um, owned by Latinos. So that was actually the one spot where Latina would probably get the job and I knew them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like it was just kind of, it's always been with my name, uh, Sochi. So I get the Sacatil or the fact that it's like, that's made the difference for me for like you know people wanting to understand how to pronounce my name um or just in general when like I go to uh pop-ups or I like I schedule things I'm just like I need to be very specific about where I go because you know sometimes you have like your products and people don't understand it if they're not you know not even just Latino I would say if they're a lot of I feel like BIPOC you know, owners, you know, people of color, like they will embrace it. They will, you know, try to understand it, you know, and even purchase, you know, it's like, Hey, like, I like to support, you know, Latino owned businesses. Um, but whenever I am not in, I guess, maybe my specific space that is sometimes where people just, they'll make those jokes. They'll make those like, you know, cringe worthy, like stereotypes. I feel like stereotypes is definitely what I've encountered more of, um, or just kind of feeling like, you know, not uncomfortable situations, but in a way it's like, I have to say something, you know, like I can't let you get away with that or, you know, we're going to have to have this awkward conversation. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So definitely for sure. But uh, even like my last job, I loved it because it was, you know, a black owned business and it was uh, I remember it was all like Zoom, too. And I was able to wear I have my headband. It's like my Cambaya headband, you know, my like very, you know, Latina design headband. And I remember everybody else there, you know, it was people of color and they were wearing their um, it was for a curly hair brand. So they were wearing like their bonnets and we're like, we're in a Zoom call. It's like, we can be comfortable here. And I was like, I could not do that in like a white corporate space. So I can just imagine too, like for you in the corporate world, did you get to wear your hair out curly? Did you feel like that was a thing? I feel like sometimes maybe that's a topic. I think, um, so by the time I left the corporate world, I was in the very end of my thirties. So my last thirties. And I think as a woman, the older you become, just like the more confident or the more you are within yourself and you're just, you know, kind of more set in your ways. So as I got older, um, not so much, but when I was younger, I would like, if I had a big presentation, I'd straighten my hair mm. you know, to look more professional. And I do, sorry, now that I'm thinking about this, it's like um, percolating more thoughts, but I do think there were a lot of times that I did feel uncomfortable with my hair because it was just different um mm-hmm. you know and like people like would always recognize me by my hair which is totally fine but it's just when everyone around you has like super straight hair and then you have this like huge big curly hair you know you're like packing heat I mean you just look a little bit different so yeah nice I love I love 
you kind of like sharing that in general, because it definitely is a thing and almost maybe even like a motivator to create your own space. Yeah. You know, where you embrace, you know, that like your culture or just everybody else's culture in general too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, a little bit about your crowdfunding campaign, like it's exciting, you know, but definitely a lot of work, um, you know, to crowdfund and to help, you know, take your business to the next level. So can you share with us like how, you know, crowdfunding will help take your business to the next level? What are you crowdfunding for? Yeah, so there's two things I'm crowdfunding for. There, okay, group one of what I'm crowdfunding for is to help fund the business specifically so it can grow. We have invested a significant amount of our own money into it, and we're not rich people. So mm-hmm. I like to say that, like, it's, um, I don't want to say it's a sacrifice because it's the path that my husband and I have chosen. I'm doing this by myself, but obviously my husband is here to help me when I need it. Um, but it's for a business to grow, you do need money. You have to hire people. Nobody's going to work for free. So one of the things we're using it for is to help fund hiring support, to help fund going to trade shows because industry trade shows, they're around $10,000. And then that doesn't include travel expenses, all the samples, marketing material. Oh my God. One time I had to print like a hundred things at FedEx and it was $300. And you know, that's depressing Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, when you think it's maybe 50 bucks, but that, I mean, it's okay. It's all part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I'm crowdfunding for is just to show more viability in the market with my product. People who can are somewhere, the stores that have bought it on the wholesale side, all love it, but I want to make a really big impact. And if I can perform well on the crowdfunding campaign, that will give me the opportunity to go to VCs or other people mm. that would be a potential good fit to invest and just lay out the cards with the numbers and just show them what I've been able to accomplish on my own. Nice. Oh my gosh. So exciting. Oh yes. Please everybody check out. I will link uh, Denise's Sunset Vibes crowdfunding campaign on the podcast show notes. You guys can check it out. These swimsuits are so cute and you are a woman who loves swimsuits and have not found a great fit for you. Like, oh my gosh, I saw, what is it called? You had just posted, it was a photo. She was like in all, like a bright pink. Oh yeah, Erica, yeah. What was the name of like that swimsuit, like combination? It's the Hermosa top and the Hermosa bottom. And I would also love to share too, like the whole reason for my company is literally to empower women. Our mission statement is Sunset Vibe Swimwear, was created to empower women to feel their absolute best in a swimsuit without compromising on fashion or style. Because I just think if you're in an opportunity to wear a bathing suit or a bikini, you're with your friends, you're at the pool, it's a fun time. That is not when we should feel Mm self-conscious. And I'm able to help women by providing what we like to call the perfect fit. So there's no squeezing in, no sucking in. It's just pieces that fit your body like a glove. Yes. And that like, cause for me, I was like, I feel like taking on a business on top of my like full-time job. Like I think that just like added so much stress and I definitely I gained back some of the weight that I lost and then now I'm doing it full-time, but even then I'm still trying to like, you know, we're still where we're at. So I was like, I don't know if I could wear a swimsuit. I can't remember the last time I felt comfortable wanting to wear a swimsuit. And I just saw that one. And I was like, wow, she looks like me. Like she looks like she has curves like me, like, and she looks gorgeous. I was like, 
I can see myself in that swimsuit. I can see myself because it's not like a skinny, skinny little model. I'm like, where's my butt going to go? Where are my boobs going to go? <laughs> so I love to see realistic women, women who, you know, are my friends. Maybe they look like me. So you guys need to check out these swimsuits. They're beautiful and just excited for you and your crowdfunding journey. Best of luck. Before we end, I have a couple lightning round questions to ask you. Um, so maybe if you want to share the first thing that comes to mind, if you want to expand a little bit, totally cool, especially we got some tips for us here and there. So the first question is, who is a Latina that inspires or motivates you? That's a really good question. I would say, I know this is going to sound so cheesy, but I love Selena because yes. the story um, is just a beautiful story. I mean, it's a tragic ending, but she really went through a lot to get to where she went. And I believe that she paved the way for women like JLo and help was a big stepping stone to help um, Latino, Latino music become mainstream in pop culture. So I think she's a pioneer. She was mm-hmm. a visionary and stories of motivation and persistence because she had so much adversity are always motivating to me. Mm-hmm, for sure. Okay, next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Okay, so this comes from my mentor. And when, oh, can I give two actually? Sure. Sorry, I'm sorry about one. Um, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you get really stressed out with everything you're doing. And he told me to pick three things that were top priority. So whether it's sales, marketing, etc. And if anything came my way, not to give attention to those, to, to it, unless it fell into the areas that I was focused on. And I think the other one that is natural, but we all forget is to really just follow your gut instinct and your intuition. Mm -hmm. I think that whether it's with a partnership or finding people to work for you or decisions to make, we live in a world where we're connected to all these devices. So it's really hard sometimes to hear your intuition, but I feel like your intuition is never wrong. Coming from Scorpio rising. Yes. (laughs) They have very strong intuition. I get instincts. Yes. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Next question. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours? I would say if you want to pursue a business like mine, think about what you can bring to the market that is different from other products or brands out there, what you can claim as your story. And if you're going to do it, just be prepared to be in it for the long haul, because it's really rare for successes to happen overnight. And I just share that because I almost quit when we weren't having the sales that I wanted within a certain time frame. And one of my friends who is a successful entrepreneur was like, this is a long time. You're not going to get anywhere hoping for an overnight success. And I realized I have to be focused on this for the next five to 10 years. And I've just made that commitment. Mm -hmm. You're building the growth. You're building the success. Stop chasing viral moments out there, people. (laughs) (laughs) Plus that's hard to sustain anyway. So Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. Next question. What is the best resource that has helped you along your journey? This can be a book, podcast, app, workshop, etc. Ooh, the best resource that has helped me along my journey. This is going to sound cheesy, but I think community and finding people within my community or in communities to help me because 
having a business, you just can't do it alone. And mm-hmm. whether it's through networking or not, but tapping into the community that I have and helping to find the right people or people to talk to when I need it. Yes. How did I know yours is going to be something? I was like, network. I, I feel like I know the answer for you. And that just makes sense, you know? Yeah. So, and also, yeah, you just never know when you talk to the people, you never know who knows what, who knows who. It's about who you know as much as what you know. Yeah. Nice. Okay. If there's anything you could change about your journey, what would it be? Um, you know, after I had, so I had my baby in May of 2021 and we went to, a trade show we I didn't physically go but me, we were paying an agency to represent us and they totally scammed us and this was right after having my son and us investing so much money my husband wasn't working at the time and I had a startup so it's not like I was generating all this money and the monies that they took from us it literally put me into a type of depression and this oh. is right after I, it wasn't postpartum it was called situational depression but it like it literally almost broke me so I hope that's not too real but that is the one thing I wish but on the silver lining I overcame that and I think growing through it was kind of like the final evolution and making me a very resilient person Mm -hmm. yep everything happens for a reason and I feel like as your story and your journey goes on that's going to be just like such a pivotal point within it that I, it's something else is going to come of it. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And last question. Where can listeners connect with you online? Okay. So we have a website, sunsetvibesnumber.com, but where I would love for people to connect with me is on our TikTok channel or Instagram. And that is also at sunset Swimmer for both of them. But um, we're creating a bunch of cool content on TikTok. Some of it's being posted on Instagram, but we're really focused on growing the TikTok channel. Nice, nice. I will also make sure to add all the links in the show notes so you can check out Sunset Vibes and just check out what they're doing. Keep up with their crowdfunding campaign and cheer them on. So that was my last question. Thank you so much, Denise, for joining us here on the podcast. Like, I love. (laughs) Yes, thank you, thank you. It's amazing to have just another woman-owned business, another Latina, just doing her thing, growing and sharing any tips you know any experiences with us because the more that we share the more you know future you know women of color entrepreneurs you know that we can help motivate no totally and I do when my company gets bigger I one of the things that motivates me is I want to be an inspiration for women that they might have a job that it has a great paycheck or whatnot but they're not happy they're settling and we don't have to settle we Mm -hmm went in a school system that literally was created to train factory workers in the 1800s. And I think that we're capable of so much as human beings. So just being able to find our path and things that light us up. Yes. I love that. We are capable of being happy. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> Chase the happiness. <laughs> chase your passions is going to lead you to happiness so thank you so much for that thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast for everyone tuning in make sure to follow sunset vibes and make sure to tune in to future episodes with more inspiring mujeres until next time bye bye